This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Collective. I am your host, as always, Mr. Adam X. And uh, things are good. It's springish. Having fun. We're kind of biking, we're kind of skiing. I just went for a horrible ski tour, but it was amazing. Uh, all of our skins broke, so we used straps to hold our skins on. It was good. It was fun. We had a good time. I hope you're out there getting after it. I will be at Sea Otter all week, so if you're going to Sea Otter, please stop and say hello. Reach out on Instagram. Uh, tell us you're there. Tell us who you want us to interview. Before we start, as always, I have to give a huge thank you and shout out to our sponsor, Darn Tough, Darn Tough Socks. You guys know them. Lifetime warranty. Let me repeat that. They are guaranteed for life. We're talking socks here. Merino wool, you know, manufactured sustainably. Check out darntough.com and give them a look. Uh, my favorite thing about this company, about working with Darn Tough, is the president and CEO, uh, Rick his quote is we have yet to produce our best sock and i love that uh and with that i love the socks uh it seems crazy but socks matter that's we wear them we wear them every day and having a merino wool sock that is built for the activities that we do that is guaranteed for life it doesn't get any better again go to darntough.com check them out so my episode this week is not a sponsored episode per se we have worked with this company in the past so i want to give full disclosure but i brought this guest on because i think it's a really important conversation and i think it was really fun but i just want to note this is not an advertisement for this company that being said my guest this week is Matt Randall. Matt Randall is the co-founder and CEO of Spot Insurance. We talk a lot of insurance. I know that can sound boring, but it's not. We all need it. We all have it. Uh, some of us don't know what we have. And Spot is kind of an insurance company that's broken into our space, into this outdoor space. And I think they're doing really rad things to help people like me and you who are out doing it and in the outdoors so again this is not a paid advertisement this is a conversation that i wanted to have i wanted to be transparent with you people listening it is a sponsored episode from darn tough so go check out darntough.com buy some socks guaranteed for life and listen to this episode with matt because it's really fun and it's interesting and i learned a lot and it's it's a really fun episode well, uh, thanks for the time, Adam. Uh, my name is Matt Randall, uh, CEO and co-founder of uh, Spot Insurance, and uh, look forward to chatting with you, man. How does one create or want to create an insurance company? Oh, a great, 
great question. Uh, <laughs> I had no interest in ever being in insurance, to be completely frank with you. Um, I think insurance is insanely boring. Um, and there's really not an insurance company out there that I ever thought I aligned with or anything like that. To, you know, it always was a joke to me that like no one ever said, dude, you got to go check out Blue Cross Blue Shield. They're amazing. Uh, that just never existed. No one's ever said, hey, you got to go check out my homeowner's insurance. Uh, they're incredible, right? Like just never existed out in the market. And so my co-founder actually had the original idea in this sense of like, could you actually break apart healthcare and actually offer the pieces of healthcare to people um, that they actually want, right? All we know is comprehensive healthcare. And, you know, to be completely frank with you, I, our company pays $1,200 a month for me, my wife and my daughter to be covered in healthcare. And we have a $14,000 deductible. So by the time we pay like $30,000 a year, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield goes, guess what? We'll start paying now. And it's like, this is lunacy. Um, and so to us was, could we actually build a brand that consumers loved um, and give them kind of coverage that they need in the moments in time they wanted? So I had no interest in ever going into insurance. Um, actually, when my uh, when Maria told me about it, I was like, thumbs up, have fun building an insurance company um, to do that. But for me, it was really looking at it and saying, could we actually you know, change people's lives and tens of millions of people's lives in the sense of giving them coverage that they need and kind of the moments and they want and moments in time they want it most. And so um, that's where it kind of began. And uh, it's been a hell of a journey so far. Yeah. And I love that you already mentioned the word brand, because I think I don't think of insurance companies as brands, but I do think of spot as a brand. And like everyone listening, you guys know we've done ad reads for spot. This is not a paid conversation. Matt just has a cool story and we're going to talk about it. So I just want to make that clear for everyone listening. But you did say brand. And I think you guys have shaped Spot as a brand. And it's an interesting take. And it's something that really hasn't necessarily been done. Sure, there is like Blue Cross Blue Shield is a brand. But like they don't have athletes per se. And they don't have Kyle Smain like skiing up and like talking about. So it's an, was that a conscious decision or did that come with growth? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, so brand has always meant kind of the world to me. Um, I'm a brand guy, build consumer products, oddly curious about why we interact with certain brands over others across our lives. And so, you know, early days on the company, uh, we actually first uh, kind of ambassador advisor we brought on was Adrian Ballinger um, and Adrian just chatting with him and getting to know Adrian quite a bit was this sense of like, if I can build a company in the insurance space that you want to be a part of, uh, we're going to do something right. Uh, it was the same thing when bringing Travis on and Julian, uh, Travis Rice and Julian Carr on um, and recently Chris Davenport um, onto it is the sense of like, these individuals, if they, I always joke, if I, if they want to wear a spot hat, like we're doing something right, right? Like uh, we're going to be doing uh, collaborations with really rad companies, like a company I'm really excited to do something with is like Icelandic skis, um, getting to know the team over there and stuff. And like partnering up with these really unique brands um, and finding ways to do collaborations is something that like, I don't want spot to ever feel like an insurance company. Uh, we just brought on the chief creative director from Nike over Nike running to redo the whole brand behind the company. 
And the whole sense of it was, was I don't want it to feel like insurance, but I actually want to use the term insurance and I want it to be super bright, all this. And so it's like this just a juxtaposition to where it's a super bright, fun, exciting brand that you see Travis Rice and Chris and Julian, and all these like repping out there. But then it says the word insurance on the backside. Like you wouldn't ever assume they would be repping an insurance company. So like to me, I, like I love these polarizations that exist out in the market uh, on different angles. So it was just that angle of like, we encourage you to live your best life, like get out there. I don't care if it's you at Jackson jump dropping into Corbett's or if it's you learning how to ski for the first time ever. Like it, like to us is like, enjoy that, um, get out there and kind of live it. And so that's where the brand comes to me is like all about allowing people is reason the name of the company is spot is because we have your back. We're spotting you like get out there, go live that life and know that like we have your back no matter what you're doing. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, th that's where brand kind of resonates for me. We're still early days in it, there's no doubt, but uh, we really look forward to kind of building that out long term on the company. Yeah, and I think even with the early days, it's been it's noticeable. It is like that. It's almost like are these, you know, this is me devil's ad, but like it is funny to see these athletes having like an insurance hat on, you know. But it's become a brand. It's no different than have them having a cooler hat on like talk about building a brand yeti coolers like they're cool there's totally. a lot of great coolers out there but like yeti is yeti they are they've created a brand which then sells and like i never thought i'd see a day where i would see an athlete climbing a mountain we'll say cody townsend with a yeti hat on like that isn't it's a yeah. cooler company and now we're seeing it with right. spot and it's just a a testament to the idea and the vision and the marketing department and also having a good product that like these athletes can easily say no to a lot of brands. <laughs> like they're not, oh, yeah. they're not begging for sponsors. So it's fun and it's cool to watch and it's interesting. And the more I learn about it, I'm like, okay, this, this makes sense. There's, I don't know the numbers on recreational skiers or skiers or, but it's like, we go out, some people go out 10 times a year and go their first run of the day is they go to Corbett's because they go there every year for five days. And it's like, you, yeah. for the other 360 days a year, you are sitting in front of your desk. So like having some type of safety net in case something goes wrong is just, it's, it's refreshing and it's, it's fun and it's neat. And it's, you know, was the action, like, is, do you have a background in, I hate saying action sports, but in action sports, or was that the market that you felt needed the most? Like, where does, where does yeah, Matt come into this? Like, clearly you have a friend and you guys had the idea and you created it, but like, there's a, there's a conscious effort to, to, I don't want to say attack, but come after the action sports outdoor world. Where does that come from? Are you a skier? Are you a snowboarder? Where did you grow up? Like, give us a little background. Like, yeah, for sure. So I, um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, so super action sports heavy, you know, a concrete capital of America. Um, but, uh, and all joking aside, uh, grew up there. So my dad was, a um, a Navy SEAL. And so kind of, uh, born and raised kind of in that type of, uh, that type of world. And so for me, you know, looking at kind of the market when building companies, I started my first company when I was 16. And so, and building companies, I always take an approach to be able to say, 
you know, who is the core audience, the early adopters um, in a market? Uh, most people have no clue what their health insurance covers. Like if you were to break an arm or something like that and you go to the hospital, you have no clue if you're going to leave there paying nothing, if you're going to leave there paying 50 bucks, or if you're going to get a bill in the mail for $5,000. Like we just, there's so much ambiguity around healthcare uh, out in the world. Our whole thing was just live life and we'll cover it. And so for me, my background, Right at the beginning of Spot, um, I was actually, I, I love to ski. I wouldn't say I'm a uh, expert skier by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, a lot of my friends are, so I get tagged along uh, with them. And so um, mountain biking, I love. I spend most of, the, most of my summers in Colorado uh, getting to mountain bike and do things uh, of that sort. One thing I really want to get into that I haven't yet is uh, uh, kayaking. Um, kind of the single man kayaks like i don't know why i want to do that my wife thinks i'm an idiot but it just looks fun to me um and so things like this i just love trying new things uh, out there in the market and so you know when looking at spot in those early days uh, and still early days around it was to be able to say like who are these individuals um and i was actually uh in crested butte uh, skiing with some friends a couple of years ago at Irwin um and doing backcountry there and uh again i'm not the most prof proficient skier but i can i can i can hang with most people but i'm going to be in the back let's just say Same. that um and so and so within that we were in backcountry and uh, we hit a jump uh with Irwin into kind of this big uh kind of powder field there and there was a that you know i don't know all the terminology but the crust layer on top of the powder um and my ski uh my right ski caught and kind of threw me to the side and I stuck my pole in to be able to get across and shot uh, the pole, shot me right in the ribs and cracked a few ribs um, in doing that. And I remember sitting there and I'll never forget this. I remember laying down, having a hard time breathing. And uh, the guys came, pick me up on a snowmobile, uh, knew I had a couple broken ribs. And they said to me, they're like, hey, we can take you to the hospital to go get checked out. Uh, this is before uh, we were just building spots at this time and we didn't have the coverage built yet we were doing all the regulatory uh, hurdles on it they said you can go you can go to the hospital um or you can sit here and we'll put you on oxygen and you can drink tequila for the rest of the day and i thought to myself i was like if i go to the hospital there's nothing they can do for a couple broken ribs i can go spend three thousand dollars for some x-rays for them to tell me my ribs are broken or I can sit here in the cat on oxygen and drink tequila for the rest of the day and take photos of my friends and be able to hang out. Let's just say I didn't go to the hospital. Um, so and part of it is, is like it was a sense they told me they're like, well, we'll check your tongue to make sure there's no internal bleeding. If it like turns a certain color or these different things. And it was this idea to me of like. We shouldn't have this in the back of our mind that I don't want to go to the hospital because of three thousand dollar bill. Right. Uh, so I'm just going to and again, even, you know, I, I enjoyed my time. There's no doubt to be able to uh, uh, sit in the cat and uh, drink tequila <laughs> on oxygen. But uh, it was that idea of me of like I would have liked to probably go to get x-rays to make sure that like all was thumbs up and I ended up being fine. But uh, it was just that idea of that bill, that foreseeable bill that would be coming to me. Uh, that made me uh, decide not to go. And I, I think there's a lot of people that uh, go through that same exact thing, um, <clears throat> no matter if you have healthcare or not. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I, my past life, I did a lot of event management. So like everything from like 
Tough Mudders to Ironmans to Color Runs, Boston Marathon. And like sometimes you'd have athletes who were like going like bonking or crashing or had a bad accident on the bike. And it, you see that conversation. They're like, no ambulance. I don't have insurance. And you're like, well, you're part of the event. We'll get you to the first day. Yeah. Like we're, you're covered here within, you know, you signed. Right. But like the fact that they're in a point of like agony and defeat. And that is like the conscious, yeah. you know, like thought is it's, it's terrifying and I don't, you know, and it's, it's, have you done an Ironman or any of those? No, I will never do an Ironman. I've worked for them. I can for, tell you, go ahead. I can tell you a funny story about Ironman. Um, if you want to, so we were looking to do a deal with them early days in the company, which if Ironman's listening to this right now, we still want to do a deal with you guys. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I was meeting with their leadership team and they asked me, uh, early days on the company, if I had ever done an Ironman. They were like, this sounds makes complete sense for us to do this. Uh, everyone needs this, et cetera. And they asked me uh, if I'd ever done an Ironman. Um, and I'm in sales mode at this time. And I'm like, no, but I'm training for one. I was not training for one <laughs> no. in the slightest. Uh, I, had ne- I had only swam, but from a boat to a boat ever before. Um, I'd never been on a road bike in my entire life. And I'd never, um, and outside of that, I'd never ran more than five miles. And so I was like, oh, God, they said, so they said to me, uh, well, let us know which one you're going to do. We'd love to cop it for you and hear how your experience goes. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. So, so long story it? short, I ended up started training for an Ironman. Um, I ended up not doing a full, I ended up doing a half, which is plenty fine. I ended up selling my bike two days after the Ironman. Um, which but, did uh, you do? Uh, the Galveston one. Oh, um, I've worked that yeah. one actually woodlands oh, okay. right it's woodlands yeah so no galveston's oh, the no. half i think woodlands the full you're right, uh, yeah you're the right. full was like i'm not doing that whole thing um the half was plenty uh, for me to check that box but uh and that got me into road cycling a little bit um i enjoy road cycling i much prefer being on a mountain bike but uh uh to, uh, to me it's like always trying those different things um, is great but we hear the same thing all the time it's like you know i don't have insurance or i have really bad insurance i don't want to be able to go to the hospital or things of that sort uh and hopefully spot uh you know long term uh figures that out in kind of the active community yeah and i think just the transparency of spot of like knowing what you get like i have pretty good health insurance i think but like, like, I don't know. I think they, it's a big one. They, right? they send me a ton of stuff and like, you know, I go to the dentist and it's covered, which is like not many people have great dental. And I go to the eye doctor and it's, I'm like, I think my insurance is pretty good. But like one day it's just going to be like, no, not covered. And I have no idea, but yeah. it's, so where do you see, and we talked about this a minute prior, but where do you see spot in five years, 10 years? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Something we talk about constantly. I mean, like we used to have a direct to consumer product out there that sold extremely well um, that people could buy 25, 35 bucks a month and be covered 24 seven. But we really had, I think, and this is probably the first time we've really talked about this decision on the company. But we also had this opportunity to distribute through partners, uh, bottom of checkout, like a firm, Klarna, those different things to where you could buy it in the moments in time and when you want it most. and so it was this idea of like, which one is going to kind of wag the tail of the dog. And so we really leaned into the partnership side because ultimately we want to cover tens of millions of people um, out there and give that coverage and direct to consumer. If you, 
most people don't know this, but when you advertise direct to consumer, you're more or less handing 40% of your money to Facebook at any moment in time. Very few other ways in which to market um, out there. They really kind of cannibalize those markets, them and Google. And so we looked at it and said, we can actually expand this and get and reach tens of millions of people through our partnerships and then eventually bring back direct to consumer. Um, what we will be doing in time that we're really excited about the long-term vision on the company is we ultimately want to create the alternative to the U.S. healthcare system. Um, I think the healthcare system across America is complete shit. Um, I think they uh, are all out for their own. Um, ultimately, what they do, it's, it's just pooling risk. And so why you and I may be healthy individuals, we're paying to subsidize coverage for elderly or different things, different people like that. And I'm not saying that's not the right way to do it. I just think there needs to be alternatives out there. Um, and for me, it's looking at it to be able to say, you should be able to buy a lot of our customers that we had on that direct to consumer were using spot as their primary healthcare. They didn't want to spend $600 a month for coverage. They didn't know if it really covered anything. Um, they wanted to spend 25 or 35 bucks a month that covered their injuries. Cause that's all they really cared about young active people. And so the long-term vision on the company is by building the alternative U.S. healthcare system, what we want to do is where you can come in, buy the injury coverage for 25, 35 bucks a month, and then you can actually add on physical therapy for $4 a month, acupuncture for $14 a month. You know, if you're a female, gynecology for $8 a month. You can actually pick and choose the coverage you want um, and customize your own plan for $84 a month instead of $600 a month and know exactly what you're covered for. So for us, long-term vision on the business is definitely partner integrations, building all that out. We, we think that's the way for us to you know, bring this much needed coverage to tens of millions of people out there. But at the same moment in time, the 10-year vision is to be able to have the opportunity to create the alternative to the U.S. healthcare system to where people can actually bring back choice to people. I mean, we can do it in everything else. You can buy a car and pick and choose every little thing you want on it. I mean, pretty much everything. I, I saw a mattress company the other day. You literally get to pick and choose like all the different things you want on it. But when it comes to like healthcare, they say, oh no, you're this age, you know, this health, here's three plans you can be able to buy. You know what I mean? And so, and to us, and one's $600, one's $800, one's $1,000, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things you're kind of like, but I don't want any of these, right? Other than that, then you go without healthcare. Uh, and, you know, there's a big potential. You could have a substantial um, uh, financial struggles long-term if something were to happen to you. How do you keep costs down <clears throat> without getting too, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more than a, one minute answer here, but like, how do you, why are you ideally in the future, $86 a month and you know, blue cross blue shield is $600 a month. Is it because you get to pick and choose? Is that the, yeah. So, and, and not saying just 86, just kind of right. a, I'm a just, random mass number that yeah. come to my head, but yeah, like to me, it's just, I think in life, uh, we should all have the opportunity to pick and choose whatever we want in life. Right. Um, and not be told you have to purchase this or have to purchase that. I think choice is incredibly powerful um, across all of us. And so, you know, that that's something, again, it's it's long-term vision on the business, what we want to build. But I think, you know, in the short term, really learning. I mean, like, it's really fascinating doing this for the very first time across ski, across youth activities, across, 
you know, all sorts of different partners that we're integrating in with um, out there in the country, across the country. Like we're learning, like not to bore anyone on this whole entire thing, um, but like we're building the actuarial tables for the very first time. Like this has never been done. Understanding risk profiling and understanding like, you know, by selling it for six or seven dollars on a lift ticket, like does that work? You know what I mean? Like, is this price, like no one's ever done this. It, is the pricing, does it work? Is it sustainable to build a business off of? Does it provide the right amount of coverage to people? And so those are things like a lot of people look at spot and see the brand and things like that, but we have actuarial teams, we have research teams, we have, you know, big tech teams, stuff like that, building everything, data scientists, like things like that internally, better understanding all of this kind of long-term now. That becomes really boring to a lot of people very quickly. But in order to do this effectively and long term, uh, we have to get really, really good from a cost basis um, and not creating a big profit center for us, but getting it to a point to where we are providing the best coverage we can at the lowest prices we possibly can. So the most amount of people can be able to have coverage out there in the market. Yeah. And I think I mean, you said boring, but I don't think it's boring. I think the key word that you said is is learning and that to me like is my favorite term like i have a lot of really uncomfortable conversations with me on the podcast and i always say like not uncomfortable in a bad way just like i'm blonde hair blue-eyed cis white male like i get into conversations that i'm like all i can do is learn and that's i love that and so like the fact that you said that is you know it means something to me and like even the fact that a couple of years ago, you guys were direct to consumer and now you're like, okay, let's do this partnership thing. It's not that direct to consumer was a failure. It's that there's a pivot that could help this business grow and hopefully come back to direct consumer. I remember, um, he had to be one of your early ambassadors. Brock Butterfield is his name. Uh, snowboarder lived in a school bus. Uh, he had spot and I remember him advertising it and I tried to get it and it wasn't available in New York for whatever reason, you know, oh, but dude, I can tell you all about <laughs> New York. New York's a nightmare. Well, right. But it, you know, it's one partly it's it, the advertising works is like you had an ambassador. I followed him. I became good friends with Brock, but like, you know, it's, and then I, when we started talking on the back end, it, it was a pivot to this partnership thing. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Now I can go to Jackson Hall and buy a lift ticket. And it's included in the lift ticket, for which is already a hundred and something dollars anyway. Yeah. And now a partnership with Icon. And again, this isn't an advertisement. This is a thing that I think is truly important for ski bums like myself to like, I think I have good health insurance, but... I just spent a month on the road skiing every day. I'm tired. I'm skiing with people who are maybe better than me. So I'm doing these, you know, cliff drops and things that I wouldn't necessarily be doing skiing on my own. And knowing I have like this little, like, I don't want to say angel, but little thing on my shoulder to be like, you're okay ish. (laughs) Like there's something here to help you. And I think it's important. I think it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. That was a, it's a hu- interesting human psychology study that we do a lot. Um, and even with internal employees and even myself, like I was at Jackson actually uh, uh, during natural selection, not this year, last year. Um, during that, we were covering um, uh, the riders there. And so to me, it's looking at it at all times. And I remember 
I don't love skiing trees uh, if there's not a lot of powder because it everything gets really carved out and I'm not highly proficient enough to be able to do that um, and not hit a tree um, <laughs> at some point in time. And so um, we got like 20 inches of snow um, that night. And so the next day I cleared my whole entire calendar. Um, I was like, very rarely do you get Yeah, you got to go. And so, yeah, hundred percent. And so to me it was that sense of like, all right, I'm going to be in trees all day long. It's going to be an absolute um, uh, great day. And I remember thinking to myself is one of the times and I've done this mountain biking and some others is like, all right, spot has my back. You know what I mean? If something were to happen. Um, and then it also happened. I have a two year old and we were hanging Christmas lights um, on my house uh, over the um, over the uh, over the holidays. And I remember thinking at that same point in time, like being up on this tall ladder on there. Um, and again, I'm not a professional Christmas light hanger. Um, and so I don't hang out on ladders all the time. And I remember thinking the same thing, um, at that point of like, okay, I've got spot, like I'm okay. And like, to me, it's, I hope that's what spot becomes to people in their life is this sense of like, like I said, it's the name of the reason, the name of the company is spot. We have your back, like go live life. Like we don't care what you're out there doing, like go do it and know that we have your back on it. And so that to me is, you know, ski has been a big market for us to kind of drive into. Um, ultimately, um, it is on the bottom of checkout. You can be able to purchase it in regards to a lift ticket or season pass or these things. And we're starting um, to drive in to where my long-term hope and my long-term goal is that they just start including it into all lift tickets and all season passes and things like this. And it just becomes a benefit because like, to be completely frank with you, I think across the ski industry, they continue to raise prices, but they're not giving extra benefits to people. Um, yeah, there's nothing. It. And it's so, actually getting worse. Yeah. The tickets are getting more expensive and the customer experience, in my opinion, is getting worse. The ski experience for yeah. a skier five years ago versus now is is drastically worse. Uh, and that's not because of global warming. That's not because of, you know, like it's purely because they're overselling a product that is getting just completely abused. And that's a whole nother conversation. But I think yeah. the skier experience or snowboarder rider experience is changed. And I think the peop the reason that we don't see this big backlash of that is they're all new skiers. That's all they know. It's Disneyland. They... They go to yeah. Disney World and they expect lines and they go to Disney World and they they'll pay a hundred dollars for a fast pass. So now that's the old we're not old, but like we're the old crunchy skiers now and this new right. generation of skiers. That's what they know. It's normal to them. But that's a whole nother whole nother rant. Yeah. Um, but to well, your I point, do think I, I do think that is where it comes to in the ski industry in and of itself, which is different than a lot of other industries out there that we uh, we work with. But is the idea of like, hey, I, I totally get it from a business side. They're trying to like show numbers in some of these companies or uh, publicly traded companies and things like this. And like they have a fiduciary duty to the shareholders. And I get it, right? Like that's a whole nother conversation, like we said. But like for me, it's always this sense of like totally fine. If you're going to raise prices and increase, you know, and everyone has an opinion on that. But like what is the way in which you add value back into it, right, to people? Um, and the thing is, is outside of cost, the number one reason people don't go skiing is because of the fear of injury. Uh, people are deathly afraid of injuring themselves skiing. And the number one place you actually to. get injured on is, 
yeah, number one place you actually get injured on a ski resort is on a green. Uh, we get hit. That, that's where the, yeah, 100%. And so, you know, you have someone that's learning how to ski and they're out of control, you know what I mean? And they run into someone else. And so, like, for us, it's really looking at it to be able to say, we want to be able to be that stopgap for everyone that says, hey, we get it. I don't care if you're going to Corbett's. I don't care if you're going down a green, if you're in ski school, whatever that is. Like, we have your back um, and to be able to go out there and do it. So, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy on the ski industry right now. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I have zero plans um, to be able to uh, uh, go in to fix all that. I think there's a lot of smarter people uh, probably trying to think about that. But we definitely want to have a, a, a piece of, you know, the idea of giving that benefit back to people. Yeah, added term. value. Like what can we add yeah. to this to make it better versus take away? Or just perceived 100%. value, you know. I think that's a lot of resorts are missing that right now. But that's that's a whole nother. I mean, do we also want to talk about how expensive a hot dog is at the top of one of these uh, um, resorts? I just don't understand <laughs> it. But I th I, yeah. I think it's just greed. I mean, I could get into that all day. But like, you know, I went to Alta and then like it's not cheap and whatever. But like, I had a bowl of chili. It was eight bucks. It was a good bowl of chili, and I would I'd buy. The, I'd buy another bowl of chili the next day. My biggest pet peeve yeah. is when I go to a, a resort and my only options are like this greasy, gross cheeseburger or like this chicken <laughs> finger, which don't get me wrong. I love that. But like I, we're doing an activity like we're working out there. Imagine like playing a basketball game and at a halftime being like, I'm going to eat a cheeseburger right now. Like, give me something. I mean, not like chili is like that, but at least it's well, a, a, a $22 cheeseburger as well. Yeah, it's I don't They're just capitalizing. It goes down to some are publicly traded and some are some just need to sell food just to survive. Some of our small ski resorts, yeah, they're totally. not making money off the lift tickets. You know, I'm in Western New York. Like we've got a ski resort here. And like, you know, if you buy chicken wings for 22 bucks, like. It might keep the lights on for another yeah, day, for sure. but uh, and th that's a big, uh, big thing about the market. There's no doubt about it. And, and for us is like working with those resorts as well to be able to, can they do something unique for the customers as well? And, and where does spot kind of fit within that kind of playbook? Yeah. And I think even for that, it's a, it's gotta take some, like, maybe this is too deep, but it's gotta take some weight off their shoulders, knowing that their customers are covered so like where maybe they might have sued <laughs> yeah they can like well, that happens quite often yeah like oh all right. the time and so it's um you know i don't know that's the insurance thing is and it's a fun conversation i'm glad we're having it and i'm glad you took the time uh, i do have a couple more questions i don't want to keep you too long but yeah go for it. as a tech guy who's starting a business or has a business now where does the metaverse fall into this? And like, this is like my new question, but I, it, it is going to be, I think like, it's just like you said, 40% of half your ad, you know, ad spend goes to Facebook. Like they've capitalized. Uh, now they have this metaverse. We don't know what, I don't know what it is enough about it. It's going to start taking, a, I think, I don't know. What is your take on them? There's no wrong answer here. I just like, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And like, where do you see, like, do you think brands will be advertising within the metaverse? Do you think this interview in a year is going to happen inside of the metaverse? 
do you have no opinion on that the metaverse yeah um first thing um i know little to nothing about the metaverse and that's Um, an acceptable answer that is like (laughs) i will say i just as of a week ago bought my first nft okay um you're in which was my buddy did it and I think it's hilarious. Uh, the NFT they're doing is like these slots. Um, so they partnered up with a conservation um, out of uh, Costa Rica that has a sloth farm. And so all the all of the uh, NFTs are these hilarious slots um, that they, you know, I told them the slot I want uh, is I want them smoking a joint um, <laughs> with a, holding a surfboard because it's out of Costa Rica. But um, but they're building these things and in the 20% of the proceeds go back to um, uh, the sloth conservation and stuff like that. So it took me about 45 minutes to even figure out how to buy an NFT. Um, <laughs> and so I, I didn't know what I was doing. I supposedly you have like a 12 words that are like your login, like your password. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was. I literally screenshotted it and sent it to my friend. I was like, what is this? He was like, this is your passcode to your wallet. Yeah. If like, you, you lose that, you're out. Yeah, I just started sending it out to friends, asking them what this was. Um, so they so all have. Like, it. <laughs> yes, they all have. So, on that note, uh, I should probably change that. But more than anything, to me, it's like you know, I don't really know. I, I think being in the tech world, I have a lot of friends in the space, uh, and I hear kind of their uh, feedback and where they think it's going. You know, I, I don't really see a way of which kind of spot plays into it uh, to date. I think if they do a you know, a ski mountain in the metaverse <laughs> and you fall while skiing, maybe you get like a spot token. Like I have no clue um, how that would work necessarily. But that's but an like, interesting take because it's just like marketing, yeah. right? Like that's the marketing brain yeah. being like, we'll partner, but it, this is going to be like my new question for like the next month. So you're my first person yeah. I've asked. Cause someone, I was actually talking to a friend and, um, he works for New Balance, worked at New Balance. He just took a new job. But um, <laughs> he was like, can you ask some of these athletes and some of these people you interview about the metaverse? Because it, it's like, it's an interesting thing. And even you saying, like, I know nothing about it, but maybe they'll put a ski slope. You know, if there's a ski slope in Fortnite, that's an odd marketing opportunity yeah. for you. But it, I don't know, who Dylan Francis just did like a concert in the, in yeah. Fortnite, I think. I don't know. I'm not a gamer. But, like, it's a crazy thing, and it's real, and it's – I think marketing will start to take place inside of there. So you are my first test run of that question. <laughs> I don't usually ask repeat Yeah, questions. we actually just brought on a guy from um, – which is – and I picked his brain a little bit about it. Uh, got him Zach. He was the chief product officer at Coinbase. Uh, okay. Rex. And so we just brought him onto the board of the company. Um, and he knows a lot about it. He's an advisor to OpenSea and things of this sort. And, and when we talk about it, it's not something, you know, in running a company, there's these things we call shiny objects that really start to kind of percolate um, that people are like, oh, you know what I mean? Squirrel and like run over to the squirrel. And so, to us is like really trying to keep very focused, but I, I do think there's, you know, web three metaverse, things like this, like it's gonna, it's not going away that there's definitely going to be some uh, utility to it to some degree um, across kind of our worlds. But uh, I'm fascinated just like you are um, to be able to see where it goes. But uh, 
you know, I, I definitely will tell you this, if they build ski slopes, uh, maybe spot will go try to buy a ski slope in the metaverse, uh, and everyone's covered if they're skiing on, uh, that ski slope in the metaverse. So <laughs> I don't know. I do have ambitions long-term of buying my own ski resort, um, just for spot, because I think it would be hilarious, um, to do, you know, zip lines throughout the whole entire thing with, you know, and do like create a completely unique experience, but let's just say that's long, long, yeah, that's long, long long-term. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. You're still, I mean, how many years have you guys existed? Um, this will more or less be our second. Okay. So yeah, I thought it was even longer than that. Yeah, probably like, I mean, COVID hit and that kind of changed everything. Um, so it was more or less, we launched about, I would say like a month or two before COVID. Um, and uh, that kind of changed That's when direct to consumer came out and then we really started the uh, partnership opportunity. So yeah, you guys are infants. You are in early, early stages of doing this, figuring it out, evolving, learning. Um, any last words here, Matt? Anyone? I mean, everyone go, what is the website? Spotinsurance.com, spot.com. Uh, it's getspot.com. Spot. Spot.com is owned by Garrett Camp, who founded Uber. Um, He's not I don't it. think I can, I don't think I can give him an offer that would probably entertain him. Uh, to say the least. But if you anyone on here knows Garrett Camp and uh, he does want to, uh, my email is just matt at getspot.com, more than happy um, to. But it, and more than anything, I, I would just tell, you know, we love to hear from people um, about Spot and like, you know, positive, negative, whatever it is um, out there in the market. Uh, you know, to us, we want to do a big push. Uh, we hope to be live on 75 plus ski resorts this next year across it and really kind of uh, take hold of that market to be able to give this product to people that really want it out there. Um, and, you know, never hesitate to reach out to myself at mattgetspot.com. And, you know, I, I love getting to know the people uh, behind the company. Um, and so, no, it's been a pleasure, Adam. Thanks yeah. Thank you so much. And not many times does a CEO co-founder openly say his email on a podcast. So if you guys do have questions, reach out, send them an email, um, and, you know, learn more about it. Cause that's what we're here to do. So thank you, Matt, for taking the time. Um, and yeah, thanks, man. All right, brother. Thanks for the time, dude. Absolutely. So there you have it. Episode 54 of the pursuit podcast on the auto collective. As always, I am your host at Mr. Adam X, you know, follow me on TikTok. follow me on Twitter. Pretty funny on Twitter, actually at Mr. Adam X. Uh, TikTok, I'm getting things rolling. Pursuit Podcast. Instagram at Mr. Adam X. Follow at Out of Collective. Leave a review. I think that's it. Also, oh, wait, no, that's not it. I'm going to be at Sea Otter. If you're at Sea Otter, please stop and say hello. Till next week. Late.